Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week it's Angel Alcohol. Everywhere I ever want to go. Yeah, ever, everywhere I ever want to go. Ah... I, this is exactly where I've always wanted to go, mm-hmm. David Anthony. Everyone everywhere. Everyone every. Oh, what a great band. Mm-hmm. Queen Mary II. I'm living in Hoosier land now, David. You are. I am, uh, you know, it was actually, Indiana uh, was like my jam when I was growing up, and I finally made it here. And, you know, it's not that bad. Well, I spent 19 years living there, so I uh, I know all about it. Well, this is our podcast. It's called As You Were, a podcast about where Tim's living. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're talking about Angel Alcohol, which is actually, uh, we're, we're flipping the script this week. We're talking about an Alkaline Trio song. And this is a song that, hold up. What song is this? I've never I never seen a song called Angel Alcohol on any of the major releases by the Alkaline Trio. Well, Tim, it's not. And, you know, depending on who you ask, they'll either call it Angel Alcohol or they'll call it Everywhere I Ever Want to Go. Uh, so not only is it a song we're talking about that uh, isn't on a major release, wasn't ever officially released, it's also a song that has two titles. Uh, so kind of a unique one. But uh, you may have heard it if you were one of the many who downloaded a leaked copy of the Good Morning Demos, because that's where it's from. It's so interesting to me the way the Good Morning Demos were so heavily circulated in a, a genre that doesn't really have that type of uh, currency exchanged. Well, I think it was just that period of time where file sharing was a thing and people just uh, were fucking trying to find every weird little thing that they could. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Against Me famously had that a few years later with uh, Searching for a Form of Clarity where there were those demos that came up before. They would go on to release them years later. Um, but it is something that feels like kind of... I, I think it, it, it always feels like a thing for much better bigger artists Mm -hmm. and it also makes sense for a band like this just because there was such a cultish devotion um really at that time i think people were just so like what is it gonna sound like matt Mm -hmm. moved to california um and you know what let's take a minor detour uh last week a friend sent me a video um that all only had like 20 some views but uh it's on youtube so everyone should look it up it's mike park and matt skiba playing in hawaii um my guess would be this was just after infirmary was recorded and Mm -hmm. he plays matt skiba plays a song that similarly unreleased uh is about him moving out of chicago um so give that a youtube search give it a listen it's the first song he plays in the set along with i believe he does Fuck You, Aurora, You're Dead, and maybe Bloodied Up. So he's really, and it's a song that fits in with those. He's really enjoying that kind of slow, 
like Mm -hmm. slow strumming power chord, like slow moving chord progression thing fits right in there. And it's all about how he's moving to the Bay area. Um, So I think there was a lot of curiosity of like, Hey, he was, he was a little Mr. Chicago. What's he going to write while he's out there? And I think when those demos surface, people are like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. Um, You know, obviously a new drummer as well. A lot of changes to the band. Uh, and this is the only song that they didn't re-record for the record. Yeah. Interestingly. And that, um, and it was a, I mean, hearing those demos was exciting because there was a lot more Dan material too. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there is an unreleased song that was also another dance song was like, Oh, this is wild. I will say that hearing the demos for the first time, this was always a song that uh, never really clicked for me when it wasn't on the record. I wasn't very disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's talk about that. Why wasn't I disappointed? That this song, Angel Alcohol, wasn't on the record, David. What what would you venture to guess? Is it because you don't like it very much? Well, there's that, but also, like, you know, this is kind of the... Let's talk about the song mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just okay. Yeah, I will say that the... So, I feel like the song that benefits most from the re-recording is blue in the face because that electric version is not great in mm-hmm. my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think the acoustic version is much better. I think genuinely the guitar tone on all of them is pretty abrasive in a way I don't love for yeah. what they are. And again, it's demos. These are rough ideas. So like, I think, I think if this song was recorded for good morning, I would like it more, but I don't think I would love it. And there's, two reasons why one is that i feel like the trail off ending of the chorus is pretty weak mm-hmm. um i think the chorus is pretty good but i think it needs it feels a little hurried um mm-hmm. and it's also it's just always funny because when i first heard it it was labeled as angel alcohol and i was like oh that's a matt song and then i heard it <laughs> and i was like definitely not and I was like, Dan also doesn't say this. He says everywhere I ever want to go in the chorus. So it's like, it, it, I think mentally it, I was not attuned to what it was going to be. If I would have seen a song titled Everywhere I Ever Want to Go and then heard this and heard Dan singing, I think I would have always had a different perception. And I guess it's it's one of those songs where it's like, it doesn't really fit in with any of the other songs Dan was writing for this record. I really don't know where this one came from. I I think that like lyrically it fits in a little bit. It's mm-hmm. um it's not dissimilar to a Blue Carolina, um, which is you know this is uh this is Dan's like real happy uh love record. I feel like yes. I don't I don't know about the personal details of this, but I believe this is like the beginning of uh, the relationship with the person who would become his wife. Mm-hmm. Um. So we uh, obviously get a, a great insight into how freaking in love uh, Dan is. And I think that I all, I always read this uh, as a song about settling down. Um, 
although I've been everywhere I ever want to go is not a very compelling statement. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of like, good for you. <laughs> I haven't. Thanks. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, <laughs> it's a little too sweet, I think, in that terms. And I think his lyricism on the songs on Good Morning is better. Mm-hmm. I've also always theorized, and this is maybe totally baseless, but the first song they wrote and recorded with Derek and the band was Jake Don Greenbeers, which is their fastest song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wondered if their like first song with Derek was like, all right, let's each write like a punk rock burner and mm-hmm. play them and where this one comes in because there's that. Then there's, you know, the hot water music split, which like, None of nothing like this on there, mm-hmm. uh, and then Good Morning, like it's, you know, there's a couple Matt songs that are a little more speedy, but not in what feels like a much more traditionally kind of pop punk thing to me. Um, yeah, I will say that like I think Dan's vocal melodies are really good, and I like the punchiness of it in the verses. Like mm-hmm. I really like him being a little more present, a little more. I feel like his vocals pop. Like each line really has a lot of like oomph behind it. Yeah, and I think. When he starts, the choruses are really good. I think the way Derek fills off him are really nice. But it's just that kind of like trailing off with the O's at the end where it sounds like Matt's backing him up. That has always been a stumbling block. I I also think the bridge works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think is something they could have interpolated for a pre-chorus maybe a little bit or a post-chorus. Because it, Mm -hmm. it all just feels very like fast song, fast song, fast song. Except for these weird things which i also normally like when there's weirder stuff in a song but this one just doesn't i don't know it never hit for me that strongly yeah i i think that i feel the same way about the chorus like the trailing off um it's it doesn't really click for me um i also think that the chorus just kind of to me sounds like like nimrod era green day Mm-hmm. Um, which is not not a knock on Nimrod era Green Day, but there are like a smidgen of Dan's songs that I think it's so weird how it just like to me just bleeds like Green Day, and it might just be that like it might just be a matter of like inflection because I think that Dan and Billy Joe, as I'm working this out in my head, do have a a similar voice, even though they're both like very distinct. They are, mm. um, I feel like their O's are so similar. Well, I feel like this song for me, it's, it's not a reference I would reach for, but I, when I think of the bass line and how it's playing off of um, mm. the guitar, that makes sense to me. It's mm. a very busy bass part. Um, the likes of which Dan had not really written since God damn it. Yeah, and I think that that's probably a good indicator to a lot of things that I feel on this record, too, which is this song is, like, okay, and I feel like Dan's performance, Derek's performance are really trying to kind of, like, overcompensate for what's not really in the material itself. Like, mm-hmm. Dan's overplaying, I feel like Derek's overplaying, um, 
doesn't seem like Matt's doing anything other than just like playing the chords, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, might like work against it. But again, that's kind of what demos are there for is to put the idea down. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that this is just like kind of an okay song. It makes sense that it didn't make the cut, uh, as far as the record goes, it doesn't to me have like a big, like moment. I like the, I like the melody and the verses a lot. Um, I love that he keeps going back to that long a, he keeps, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I think that it's just uh, like this is a this is like a C plus song on, you know, 12 songs that we've talked about at great length as all being very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would I would agree with most of that. But the one thing I want to touch on is I knew a lot of people who spoke of this song in such high regard. And I know at least a couple people who really love this song and I don't doubt their genuine affection for it, but it's the type of song that I think when you are really into a band Mm -hmm. and you find that like rare little nugget, sometimes it's hard not to love that one most. Yeah. And this band at that point in time really only had about three of those. This one, mm-hmm. Song for Julie, which is also from this session, which we'll get mm-hmm. to, and that's a much different thing, and Week Week, because mm-hmm. that was the only song from the demo that wasn't re-recorded. Now, I am always hesitant to dismiss that like feeling of like, oh, I love it because it's the rare thing, because I l- genuinely love Week Week as a song. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that like this song for someone who is a big Dan fan is mm-hmm. probably awesome because it's so atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just really think this is one of the rare times where for me, like the fact it's the recording and tone don't really work. Like when I listen to it and I hear that bridge, which I also really like, and I do think is the one moment where Matt's breaking from it, holding notes, doing a few like individual, like arpeggiated pick notes, where I'm like, ah, oh, like with layers of like acoustic guitar over some of this or like weird mm-hmm. effects, like this is really cool. And I think it makes the last chorus really work. But there are those stumbly moments that like as for someone who almost always prefers songs that don't do what I expect them to do, mm-hmm. this one just doesn't hit it. And it's just interesting that I feel like it's kind of carried a lore uh by a handful of people that I know who think this is like a top tier alkaline trio song. That's really interesting. Um, and I, I respect that. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Right. Like, you know, I could, I've got my top nine versions of can't hardly wait. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I love, I love being, you know, in it for all of those reasons too. And I think that there's a lot um, about the recording that I actually really do like. Like, I love the way the vocals sound. I agree with these recordings, Um, both Matt and Dan. um, It's, it's just the way that they're, 
mixed and probably done live um they sound i don't know i think that that's one of the cooler things about demos is that you're basically listening to a band practice unless mm-hmm. they like go to a studio to do the demos but um yeah this to me um like calling this calling this top tier um it's a personal choice I'm not mm-hmm. gonna knock it but i i never i never found i never found it to be um much more than just like pretty good song i i do like the idea that you just you know pointed out of thinking about what it would sound like on good morning i Mm. think too like you know um not that this band has had a ton of producers but jerry finn is probably the one that would that you would want to like bring Mm -hmm. a song like this in because he's it seems like he was a lot more uh of a director in terms of a producer because my guess is that he would have been like all right slow it down like let's obviously fucking do something about the guitar tone Mm. um and add add some like layers to it as well um because this song yeah i think it's it's way too fast they wouldn't have recorded it this fast no and i mean i think that's the thing is for me it's one of those songs i've always felt like there was potential for and i feel like in a set in a recording session could have made it really interesting Mm -hmm. but i feel like the things that work about it couldn't be altered so i feel like what i think works about the top of the chorus needs to have that uh speed for dan's vocals to fit and i think similarly the song needs that kind of speed for his vocals to kind of pop out the way they do Mm -hmm. i feel like if it's slower he's going to it's going to end up sounding more like a blue carolina Mm -hmm. um and i think that bridge would feel very long and unnecessary in a song that was slower um Mm -hmm. because it, it lends the breathing room so i could see them trying to work on this in a studio and then a lot of problems arising just from those things i think this is one that would have taken a good amount of work i would have liked to see what that would have been like Mm -hmm. but i i i feel like yeah it does it wouldn't fit on good morning in its present form and its only form Mm -hmm. but i wonder what those iterations were and i'm not someone who obsessively listens to every like demo and alternate version beyond like one time of something Mm -hmm. um but i have to imagine they probably spent a little time working it and then gave it up because it just it didn't stick i feel like if the roles were reversed in this band this is what this is what fatally yours is for Mm -hmm. matt on this record right yeah um but yeah we got fatally yours instead of this we got blue carolina instead of this i think that for me that's I got I got no bones about uh this one not being on the record. Same. What do you give it? Um I give it a two and a half. I give it a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I like you. And fucking I love this podcast. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week we talked about Angel Alcohol. 
and fucking we've we've done 124 episodes of this show now who um, baby wow crazy the amount of uh time that's passed and the changes um in our lives our bodies um and that's not a puberty joke that's the fact that i had more stuff inside of my organs mm-hmm. or inside of my belly uh when we started and you uh had less you had well i i don't know what the story is with the lumps that you had taken out mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what form they were in then i mean we we didn't even know about that yeah and we've just learned so much over, mm-hmm. over the course of doing this show um and it's uh it's a pleasure and it's also uh something that i think is um in in a, a life filled with changes stability like this is something that uh is a thing to cherish i love you david love you too pal and uh, we have a patreon it's patreon.com slash david loves tim no it's actually patreon.com slash as you were and if you go over there you can listen to david and i talk about the band tuesday Mm-hmm. the dan band tuesday with matt stamps rob kellenberger we talked about that band's lifespan and their output and just how fucking cool they were um which i mean fits in with what we do over there we just only talk about cool things and cool hangs so if you want to help support the show patreon.com slash as you were we'll be on the feed either way next week we invite you to tell a friend subscribe on your podcast player of choice and tune in next week thanks everyone let's go